Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents Pit Row with your host Ralph, where we will review the upcoming NASCAR weekend's races and go over the last weekend's races, what happened, what we saw on the tracks, and build towards DFS picks. Let's jump into our latest episode. Race fans, welcome back down Pit Row. It's your host, Ralph. We're talking NASCAR once again this weekend. Excited to be doing so with you guys. Welcome back to this Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment Podcast. What a great week, y'all. Busy week, and now racing is upon us again. We're actually coming into this time of year where there is a phenomenal amount of racing. Not just NASCAR. There's F1, uh, Indy 500 coming up soon, and so we're going to start getting inundated. NBC's going to be carrying NASCAR. The season picks up if you're a race fan, and so happy to be 11 episodes deep into Pit Row with you guys. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you are a repeat offender, love you guys too. But just so we're clear on what we're doing here, we're talking about NASCAR. We're talking about Sprint Cup Series. We're observing the races and trying to find the nuances so that Pit Row can be a trusted daily fantasy sports asset. Just like our football picks, our baseball picks. We want NASCAR to be that too. So I am jumping into the foray as this sport picks up. Pitbull the Rapper has got... An incredible team that he's supporting. One of their cars won last week. It's a lot of other bigger names like Michael Jordan. I'm saying this because to me as a uh, as a black kid growing up, wasn't always something that you thought would be for you. But the more and more you look at it, if you take away some of the shaming, you know, the other people who don't like NASCAR do to it. Or if you take away some of the ambiguity and you look at what's there, it is absolutely awesome. This is throwback weekend. Guys, when I was a kid, I remember seeing trophies. Like, the the top of the trophy was a Camaro. And I love the Camaro. I used to have a lot of Hot Wheels. I started asking questions about those trophies. And, you know, my dad and, you know, his brother and everybody's drag racing and all the whatnot. But, you know, as I tried to explain it to him, too, it's, you know... (laughs) How is this very similar from what you, how is this very different from what you were doing? Chevys and Fords. Figuring it out. But we grew up in a house where they talked cars. You know, you had multiple Camaros, 64 Nova. There's a lot of American muscle talk around there. And so, as I said, I had a lot of Hot Wheels. Also had uh, those electric race car tracks. You guys remember those tracks? You could put them together, piece them together. They weren't very hard to do. And you plug it in, and uh, you'd have like a little, you know, uh, controller. I'm mentioning it because the two cars were, you had the uh, three, the Earnhardt car, and then you had the Kyle Petty 43. We're coming up on throwback weekend, and it's just in my mind that NASCAR has always been something that I thought was fun and exciting. Even on my little track there, watching the cars go around. And getting that identity with those two cars, it was something that I can remember from when I was very young. And so easy to translate as we get older and understand it more that there's a lot going on here. And so I invite you, if you are new, to suspend disbelief. It's not just going around in a circle. There's a lot more to it here. 
And so that's what Pit Row is about. We dive into the lot more to it here part. Really quickly, so you guys know where to find us, www.sae.com is the Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment website. But you don't have to listen to the other podcasts that we have there, too, because this is a network of podcasts. As I mentioned before, you got football, baseball, this is a true crime podcast. All that can be found on that website. But most people listen to podcasts on the go, right? So if you want to search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, in Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your, you know, whatever app, you'll be able to find us, and then you can listen to Pit Row. If you like and subscribe, you get those other shows too, and so maybe this is the thing that brings you in, but you become a true Tiger Bomber in the sense of listening to the process during football season, so on and so forth. That's a little bit of how you might find us, um, at Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, at Tiger Bomb uh TBSAE, if you search for that on Facebook or Twitter, I mean, you can find us, Sports Audio Entertainment, Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, Facebook or Twitter. Pages for both of those that link the other shows. So very easy for us to keep up. Now that we've got the heavy lifting out of the way, we do need to talk about Dover. Looking forward to this weekend, obviously, Darlington, but before we go there, let's go back to the rain. Let's go back to the, the 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 interesting race we had last week over the course of two days. So we'll go into that, and again, for the new people, then we'll talk Darlington, and then we'll share some DFS tid- tidbits, maybe just some of what I'm seeing out there, but this isn't concrete giving picks yet like we do for the other shows. Those are tried and true picks where we win habitually, religiously, figuring it out here. One last week again, brought back a few shekels versus what we put in on DFS. Figuring it out, uh, gave a little nuggets at the end of the last show, so we'll try to do it again this week. But before we get there, obviously got to cover Dover. From the very beginning, coming green, Chris Boucher on the pole. It's fast in practice. Hamlin got nothing on the start, so that uh, that lane got burnt out basically boosters fast early lap traffic helps hamlin get past boosher eventually guys are swerving around lap traffic at this point competition caution at the 40 since so much happened at practice a lot of guys spinning out and going all over the track and so they decided that night before that we'd have this competition caution which we did most everybody comes in and gets four tires one thing you gotta understand about this race at Dover is it's tough on the tires, but they don't have very many sets of tires. I mean, you know, I think it's less than 10. So you see all race, these guys are taking tires. It just like when you, when you use them, you use them. When you're done, you're done. And so it's something to be concerned about with at some tracks more times than other tracks. But, and I said, is this instance, the competition caution at lap 40, mostly everybody came in and got four tires Hamlin and Larson on the restart. Caution with about 52 to go in stage one. Cubs the rain. And that was it for Sunday. Literally 78 some laps in. Call because of rain. So we come back on Monday. And it's like, here we go. Already a different feel because the sun's out. So the track's going to play different, right? But um, here we go on Monday. Green with Larson up front. Back on the green with 37 to go in the stage. Larson, Elliott, and Hamlin running up front. Gillen gets into the wall, so we get a caution. 
Uh, that happened in turn three. Blaney tapped him a little. Cindric also involved there. Cindric's having a tough couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully he can turn around this week. But green to go with 27 to go in the stage. Elliot, Larson, Hamlin, Bell up front. Hamlin takes the stage after clearing Elliot on the inside lane. Pretty terrible penalty for Hamlin off pit row. Straight up lost the wheel, guys. Straight up lost the wheel. They are going to be down a crew person this week because of this. And so they've got to replace him with another guy. But there's a cynicism there's cynicism there. There's a synergy, rather. So now you've got somebody who's normally a part of the process, not there. You're incorporating a new person. It's all about timing when you come into those pits. And so very costly penalty last week and moving forward now. I think it's like a four-game or four-race thing that he's serving, at least. Left rear tire blue for Bell. Now we got two Gibbs cars with issues, and they continue to be fast enough to be in these races, but continue to shoot themselves in the foot week after week, basically, the Gibbs cars. Chastain, Truex, Boucher, Elliott up front now on the restart. Chastain up front for about 20 laps. Sun is out. It's bright, as I said. The track characteristics at this point have truly begun to change versus what we were seeing earlier. Then we get a caution. Larson blew a right rear. And, uh, you know, at this point, is what I said before held true, guys continue to use a lot of tires. The cool thing about NASCAR is they make the rules and sometimes they can change them as we go along. And so if I'm not truly worried that guys are going to be on no tire, if it's enough of a problem for many people, they could easily make a rule and allow additional set. So at this point in the race, I was wondering if something like that might happen, but it did not. On the restart, we get Chastain, Haley, Truex up front. Haley's had a great couple of weeks. Uh, I think running the Xfinity Series has given him a lot more confidence when he does get these cup trials. You know, can't really expect anything from him consistently, but he's had his moments here and there, and he's come on over the last couple of weeks. All these Xfinity guys. I have not been watching all those races. I want to watch this week. I'll be watching the trucks, of course, but I want to watch Xfinity because these guys are gaining knowledge that they are taking effectively to the sprint cup level and this week you've got uh, quite a few sprint cup drivers that'll be doing the xfinity race i think 300 drivers so you can get a feel for what you're going to see on sunday so just some food for thought there but chastain haley truex as i said on the restart kurt bush gets into the wall at lap 189 bumping a little bit with aj allmendinger he's had a terrible start to the year Obviously, hoping he can turn it around remains to be seen. This should be the best opportunity he has this week. He's had some middling success at Darlington. Um, but it's going to get rough from here if he can't have a decent finish now. It's not, you know, 23-11 has had a tough run. But you would hope at some point they would turn it around. I don't think Bubba's the one to do that this week. So it would have to be Kurt. Kurt could do it. And I'll be making some lineups with him along with those other Toyotas. Green now with 56 to go in this stage, stage two. Haley, Almendinger, Bowman up front. Caution right away. Logan into the wall. 51 to go on the stage. Haley, Bowman, Almendinger up front. Kyle Busch fighting his way back up to the front. Easily got by Haley and Bowman. Hamlin and Cody Ware get entangled. Lap traffic destroys Hamlin. Again, cars run well. They have the skill, but something happens every week for for. These Gibbs cars. Green with three to go in stage two. Kyle Busch takes it with three wide on the restart. Runs up to the to the second. He got loose otherwise. 
Who knows? Who he, he got loose? Otherwise, who knows? But uh, he runs up to second, um, three wide on the restart. Blaney takes the stage. Start of the final stage. Bush, Bowman, Stenthouse up front. Hundred to go with Bush and Bowman still up front. So not a lot going on between then and then. Bowman hanging around. Lap traffic here and there. Now we're eighty to go. Truex running well at this point. Bowman and Bush came in just before the caution flag. Interesting here. Everybody else didn't get the chance like those two did. So they're a lap down now with most other cars coming in the pit. Almendinger blew it up. He's done. Uh, he's upset. Ran well today, but uh, blew it up. That's the end of his day. Then we go green with Chastain, Elliott, Truex. Chastain is fast at this point up front. Love what Eric Jones is doing at this point in the race. Running six and battling Kyle Larson. That's the most interesting part of the race at this point. Bowman has debris on his car, causing some problems. And then we get a... Uh, caution because of Suarez spinning out. He's bumping with Corey LaJoy in seventh. I don't mind LaJoy, but he can't seem to finish these races. And, uh, and Suarez I love, but Chastain's putting the pressure on him for track house. Like, we've seen Chastain do it. His second win now. Now it's up to Suarez. Pressure on Suarez. Get a win. Get yourself in the playoffs. And so he's going to have to, you know, they've got a fast car, but he's got to finish out complete races. He's very good in stages of races, but it's spotty at best. So at this point, we get the free pass for Custer. Reddick spins out on the backstretch after the restart with 58 to go. Chastain's still out front. Elliott gets a great jump and clears Chastain easily, bringing Stenthouse with him also. Elliott's pulling away now. Bowman flying to the front, though, with 27 to go. Hard racing here, but it's hard to make a pass. Obviously, at Dover, it's hard to make a pass. Down, 50, down to 15 to go. Elliott out front still, but we got Stenthouse, Chastain, and Truex now. Elliott smoothly through traffic, lap traffic. Nobody's really messing with him, and then there it is. He takes it. Final Hendrick driver to get the victory lane this year. Caution at the checker flag, basically. Truex and Chastain bumping hard. Chastain ran well until then, um, but it's upsetting for him. He finishes 12th because of all that hubbub at the end. Kyle Busch ended up leading the most laps, but did not win the race. But what we saw was a more interesting Dover race than usual. Not a lot of passes in the Sprint Cup race for Dover traditionally, but the next-gen car has switched all that up, right? And so what we saw was a constant barrage of different plots with pitch strategies, tire issues, tire conservation, surprise crashes. A lot of different guys had a chance at this one, something we typically haven't seen at Dover at the Sprint Cup level, maybe at Xfinity, but not Sprint Cup. Great race, in my opinion, even though stretched out over two days. Best Dover race in a while. Now we got to move on to the Goodyear 400. We're heading up to Darlington Speedway. 400-mile race, 293 laps to complete it. And in the essence, or in the spirit of the throwback weekend, first off, I need to credit the offer, author. Excuse me. This is something that I read by Michael Gaff on NASCAR.com. And this is not even from recent. This is from years ago. But we're talking about Throwback Weekend and we're talking about Darlington. So I thought it might be interesting to explain to some of you, if you don't know, how that nickname, the lady nickname, if you will, was given to it. I 
Out there in North Carolina's Yadkin Valley, Benny Phillips grew up with the tobacco fields that rolled over the hills and uncles who wandered around barns to take a swig at night. Benny had big plans, though. Chapel Hill, probably, then the NFL. He was that good. And boy, was he good-looking, too, his wife Judy says now. Well, that summer, he went for a swim, and a few days later, damn if the doctors didn't say he had polio. They sent him to the hospital in Greensboro. He spent a few days in an iron lung, which is a nearly completely obsolete machine at this point. It wraps around a person like a Twinkie filling. He'd get out of that machine, doctor said, but he wouldn't walk away again. The football star was paraplegic. Benny begged them to let him die. They gave him crutches and full leg braces instead. He went to a rehab facility in Georgia, worked up his strength, and soon the crutches became extensions of his arms. Over the next half century, most everybody in NASCAR would come to know those crutches. Benny became part of a small group of journalists who decided to cover the sport in its earliest years. But it was more of a, than a job to him. It was a second chance at sports. He treated his jobs as sports reporter and then sports editor with the High Point Enterprise the way an athlete treats workouts and practice. Benny's personal vehicles always had hand controls. He spent time in every shop within a short drive. He grew to like some drivers and dislike others. He wrote mostly about the ones he liked. He wrote about racing in a way that let you know he was rooting for it to grow but not in the style of a cheerleader. It was more like the way you'd root for your sister to achieve for her dreams. No place felt more like home to Benny than Darlington. To him, Darlington Raceway had feelings and flesh. He wrote about it as if it was the sports mistress. So good, but so bad, and always on the mind. Darlington occupied Benny's thoughts more than ever during the summer of 1965. The track had been resurfaced that year for the first time since it opened in 1950, and Junior Johnson had finally won a race at the track on previous May. On September 1st, 1965, the week of the Southern 500, Benny published a column that helped crystallize the track's identity for a generation. Quote, as treacherous as Matahari, unquote, he wrote, a comparison to the infamous German spy whose cover was performing as an exotic dancer. Quote, as, as desirable as Hollywood's most beautiful actress, as unpredictable as any woman, these are the virtues of the lady in black. End quote. The nickname, you know, stuck. In the half century since, references to Darlington as the lady in black have appeared thousands of times in publications across the country little bit of history tidbit for you guys as we head into the darlington weekend throwback weekend throwback paint schemes which are so fun because it's just reminiscent of how you grew up but this track is famously hard on your tires we get ourselves a weird configuration here because it's so old school and unchanged we got a 1.366 mile egg-shaped track Grip and handling is a must here. Like you've, you you know, some of these tracks you can let that sucker slide around. You can just ride the throttle and you know break here and there. This is not that track to be sure. Asphalt racing surface with 25 degrees of banking in turns one and two, and 23 degree banking in turns three and four. With three degrees on the downstretch, or excuse me, on the front stretch, and two degrees on the back stretch. 
The result of all that, if you're not sure, is that you get to meet Darlington's famous outside wall when you drive there. It's going to be about how durable your car is as it slams up against that outside wall, which is the, which is the, the way to go at Darlington. Luckily for these drivers, this next-gen car has proven pretty durable and it's proven able to slam up against that outside wall at some of these other tracks. We've got some front runners this week. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Larson, and Truex. It's going to be about seeing whether Hendrick Motorsports can win again here. They've got the most wins ever here as a, as a, as a club. 14, I believe it is. But they've also not won since the days of Jimmy Johnson years and years ago. It's been a while. Making matters worse for them. None of the drivers that drive for Hendrick now have won here. But they've got some momentum going their way. They seem to have a handle on the new car. And Chase Elliott's a front runner this week. After having a damn fine week last week, many are expecting him to run up front again. After having such good success with the new car and such good success at Darlington in the past. Although not winning the race, grabbing second a few times. You also have Denny Hamlin uh, getting some attention this week as well. Uh, he's run successful here previously, as well as Kevin Harvick, and these guys are looking to have fantastic weeks again. Larson and Truex also in the mix here. Maybe this isn't a team race, I think, um, because when I look at some of the teams, it's like I don't think like Suarez I can't invest this week. He's got to prove it. Chastain, yes. Byron, I can't invest this week. Love what he's doing with the new car, but he's been traditionally very bad here. So I don't know if I need to go that way, but Elliot, yes. A little bit of an interesting controversy with Kyle Busch and Samantha getting ready to give birth to to this child. And so he may or may not be subbed out uh, at any point by Trevor Bain. Something to maybe take advantage of on DraftKings. Maybe make a, a lineup with Kyle, make a lineup with Trevor. But the point is, if you pick Kyle and Trevor ends up taking over, then you would still get whatever points Kyle had plus the points that Trevor had. But if you play Trevor, it's cheaper to do it, but Trevor may not play. That's why I say burn a lineup on it, and I really hope all that made sense. But you got to burn the lineup with the expectation that he might not play if you want to go down that route, which is what I'm doing this week in, in true candor. I'll get some exposure to Harvard too. Um, interest in Bell. I, like the, I will have a Toyota lineup while replacing – Kyle Busch with Kurt Busch, and the rest of them will be the Gibbs Toyotas. It's being very true with you guys what I'm doing. It'll be the Gibbs Toyotas along without Kyle, along with Kurt, and along with Bubba. I'm feeling great about that, but we'll see how it goes. Probably going to fade Blaney. He's not had a lot of success, even though it's a great car this year. But they've got to continue to try to run full races. As far as DraftKings goes, that's what I'll do. And hope to have more success this week. But guys, the best thing I can tell you is we're running profit more week than not. I've just got to expand how much I play and be sure that I come to you guys with a complete set of rules as we've been growing week after week. But that's what I've got for you. So I hope you guys enjoyed the Darlington race. Happy Mother's Day to all that apply. And uh, we'll reconvene next week and talk racing. Peace. This has been Pit Row. If you enjoyed it. Drive back through next week. We'll do it again. Another Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment production.